Hey everybody, welcome back to, I almost said Queen of Embers, uh, Desperation Point. Uh, we, That's we a played, throwback. I know, we played it for 69 game sessions. I mean, it's kind of hard, you know, it's it's to get it out of my system, it's hard. Every time um, we game on Wednesdays, like we are, first thing I do... 69 is, is kind of hard. 69. <laughs> Nice. Uh, I pick up my Queen of Embers. I pick up my Queen of Embers notebook, and you can't see this, um, but this is my Queen of Embers notebook that I actually started using for Desperation Point, which is the name of our new game. Um, but total tangent. But um, yeah, if this were Queen of Embers, it'd be episode seventy. It's not. Instead, it's Desperation Point game session six because we're not doing episodes; we're doing game sessions. We're making this right. like we're playing in person. Um, can I just say, though, it's really fitting that we stopped at 69. Nice. I know. We Thanks, Coven. Sh- we right. didn't stop, right? You know, who knows? <laughs> okay, we're paused at 69. 69 is going playing. on for a long yeah, time. We'll it, it'll be like, uh, you know, when Netflix renews a, a show that was somewhere else. Uh, like you know, it's like there's, yeah, there's a long, long break, and then they all come back and, uh, you know, resume. We're all, really, all older and weirder. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really long Zeppelin ride, guys. It's fine. Right. It's like, uh, <laughs> man, fucking Will Arnett. What's up, guys? Like, even, even, even more gravelly, uh, gravelier voice. Looks like he's been doing a ton of cocaine. Um, because that's Job, um, or Will Arnett. That'll be our Queen of Embers episode seventy. Everyone come in with a new voice. Yeah, <laughs> I think everyone should come in with no beards. In or different hairstyles. Hey, I'm have, not doing that. Okay, if you don't ima- make me shave. Imagine going from okay, go from 69 where we look like what we were at 69, and if you're like me, you've gained COVID weight. I don't know about all of you, but I have. No. I put on. I put on a little bit. That's right. You've been doing. Okay, you I've killing lost. it. Yeah. What the shit? Man, I'm just a <laughs> yes, Adam. <laughs> lazy fuck. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll come back to <laughs> to game session 70, and like we'll all look different. I definitely got more gray hair since the second child came in like i got it right here i'm pointing it, it nobody can see it but nobody can see it on the audio but okay it's totally neither here nor there we're playing <laughs> <laughs> we're playing desperation we're playing desperation point and before we jump in i do have to say because if you are listening to this right now this means we are t minus four days away uh october 5th 10 a.m central will be four days away from the launch of the flames of freedom kickstarter hold on to your butts uh, hold on to your butts. <laughs> hold on to <laughs> your wieners say. your butts and whatever parts you want to hold on to because it's happening on monday october 5th 10 a.m um central standard time um as you all may or may not know um the everybody at grown parallel studios everybody actually in this game has contributed play tested or edited for um, in varying capacities uh, in the game, along with an amazing development team. So um, be sure to check it out. We're going we're to remind you to bring it to you. Yeah, we're going to remind Enjoy. you on Patreon, um, by the way. And I apologize in advance because literally every one of our fans for Zweihander is going to get an email. They're going to get an email. They're going to get a message from Drive Through RPG. They're going to get a message on Discord. They're going to message on social media. They're going to message on Facebook. They're going to message on Twitter. They're going to two messages from Kickstarter. Three messages if you're a follower. A message on Patreon. So, uh, and a message in the announcements Discord too. And if you're a part of the other eight Discords that are connected to us, you'll get notified there too. So, um, I apologize in advance. 
but we really, really need your support for Flames of Freedom. Please pledge, share. If, even if you can't pledge, um, share this uh, on social media. For those who may be of lower income or impacted by COVID or marginalized, we'll be offering a less expensive pledge level. So there's a little bit of sneak peek for what you'll see um, when we launch. So um, if you're in that financial situation or social situation, we'll be able to get you a copy at a relatively inexpensive price. So um, with that being said, my spiel is over. I want to play some Desperation Point. I want to game Wednesdays. I always tell my wife, Wednesdays are my game night at Sacrosanct. And even though I am terribly behind on a couple of places in Flames of Freedom on the manuscript, um, I, I want a game on Wednesdays. It's my reprieve from work. Um, I do zero GM prep as a reminder. So we're going to pick back up where we left off. And I believe um, before when we jump in, we actually defined a new reward point model. So the first thing we're going to do under this new, this new reward point model is we're going to pregame. And part of that pregame is to talk about what happened last game. And if everybody participates, everyone gets 50 reward points. So it's a collaborative effort. It's a collaborative exercise. So let's talk about what happened last game in Desperation Point. Um, who wants to start? And we can just kind of do a baton pass. I am always, I always have the hardest time remembering the beginnings and then as we start to talk about it i remember a lot more i'm the same way okay. I've, <laughs> I've got my notes so i shouldn't i should note coincidentally in flames of freedom notes are encouraged for the first part of the pre-play <laughs> it says notes are encouraged to be used yeah you should use them absolutely okay so uh if we want to start uh first we were traveling to the dick of winter and we failed every single travel check on our way there um that was the first part. We found a research camp on the way there because of failing, because we accidentally got rerouted. Um, and inside of that camp, we found what I guess commonly every fantasy nerd would know as dragon bones inside of a burial site and, or fossil site. I'm not entirely sure there. Um, Calvin took a bone and Keegan stole a tent from there. Um, Heck yeah. Because why not? Yeah, I did. Um, we made it to Stonehold, and that's when we found a lit room. Yes. Uh, so it was lit. So uh, <laughs> clumsy. So you did not make it to the Dick of Winter yet. You only made it as far as Stonehold after a series of uh, misadventures. Horrid failures. Yeah, misadventures. <laughs> yeah. On the we, were, journey. we were too busy dicking around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we arrived at Stonehold and there was a small light from one of the rooms Oops. and um, we decided it would be best if uh, Clumsy and Sweets would uh, sneak up there and check things out. Um, so we uh, ended up sneaking up there and there was an empty room. So. Uh, came back, told us, we went back upstairs, we checked out this empty room, and after, and it was really, really cold in there, like colder than outside cold. And after a while, we noticed that there was a tapestry, a blanket, a something. A figure in the corner. Yeah. Cloth over its body. Yeah, go ahead. Very, very, very spooky, and it just kind of sat there, and there, there was this 
completely silent, chilly room with one candle. And we kind of tried to talk to it and uh, interact with it a bit. It, it wasn't really doing much. And then um, I, I believe uh, we tried to light the brazier. It didn't work, or the uh, fireplace. It didn't work. And uh, I think we eventually like sh uh, shut, like snuffed the candle or something. The uh, tried to light a figure, torch off the candle. Yeah, we tried to light the torch off the candle. Didn't work, and the, the candle went out. And then the figure in the corner, I believe, disappeared, and then the door slammed shut. Um, and that's when everyone started to freak out. Um, besides Calvin, who yeah, rolled a critical Calvin. success on his resolve test. <laughs> So Calvin, cool opens, coupon, Calvin opens the door, uh, much to everyone's horror, and uh, nothing was there. Um, and at that point, we're like, too spoopy for me. And we just decided to hightail it out, out of the castle and uh, I, I, head outside. I, I, that is well, well. not quite what happened. Mm -mm. Something no. else happened in that room. Well, yeah, but, so we decided to... Uh, Calvin with his cool head was like let's see if we can uh, using this tapestry see if we can kind of hunt down that's right yeah because Calvin assumed you know it, it had it was a person mm -hmm. and we can, mm -hmm. we can probably find them uh, and so we had Hobbs uh, you know, use his sense of smell to then try to track down this person uh, which Hobbs was able to do actually rather successfully which led yeah. us then he doesn't like to hop knob around no he doesn't <laughs> uh, which led us sorry to... Kay <laughs> it begins a spot in the town where it looks like there was a very shallow grave uh, of a uh, and there was a young person's body in there so uh, a very sad sight and then we decided, I believe, to go, nope, and uh, we're going to camp outside of Stone Hall because, uh, yeah, this place is cursed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we had stopped right at the mound when you discovered a shallow grave with um, little bones kind of uh, amid the, the, the dirt, still kind of poking out of it. Um, everyone gets 50 reward points at this point, by the way. Uh, and the last line you gave us was that the candle relit as we walk, as we sat outside. That is correct. The candle relit inside of Stonehold. So as you turn toward the the castle, which which in, keep in mind it's dark out, right? It's dark. It's cold. Um, it's kind of framed against the the open sky. Sorry, the open vault of night with the stars and clouds and such. And you can see that one twinkling firelight up there. It ignites once again as you're at the foot of this very shallow grave. No gravestone. Nothing to demark how this these little bones were buried unceremoniously in the earth. Almost as if somebody kicked dirt over them or leaves. And that's where we begin our story. So do you think that 
perhaps this was the spirit of someone that was done some terrible wrong, like they weren't buried properly. I think they were probably a victim of uh, well, one of the more recent wars, and uh, yeah, never got actually laid to rest. I don't know about that. Seems that we didn't encounter them last time we were here. Perhaps something more recent happened. Well, there was something to do with that candle. Yeah, right? I don't, we didn't have a candle last time. It was rather snug and comforting in that room, if I recall. Yes. All right, but we weren't the first people there last time. Well, if there was a lit candle, I would assume that we weren't the first people that, there tonight either. It's very intriguing. Uh, not to, uh, not not necessarily to belabor point, but uh, I, I'm not I'm I'm not much of a, a priest or a um, soothsayer. I think they believe I believe they call them. I I think personally that uh, we should leave those wanderings to those who might have more thought towards them. And we stay oh, here. I suppose so. Of course, if you were reading any of those uh, novellas that they like to publish, you would you would have someone chase down a priest or priestess of a custodian and perform some rites, and everything would be perfect. Uh, far be it from me to to dabble in that of the after. What's most curious about this, Calvin, <clears throat> is that. This is, there are no gravestones anywhere. There's just a small mound of dirt and these tiny bones buried amid it. As you kind of look along the field, it almost would be, you would have missed it if um, Hobbs hadn't sniffed it out. Mm. This is not a burial ground, but it clearly was where this girl was unceremoniously almost thrown in the middle of the wood and then covered with dirt. Well, I mean, we are no priests, but we could do some sort of uh, burying of the the bones. Seems a shame that such a young person would uh, lose their life like such. Is it a human skeleton or some other would you bones? Like to dig, would you like to dig them out? Um... I think that's appropriate. Yeah. Well, fortunately, the Earth has, if you recall, uh, the Earth has been um, it's been wet, uh, given that the snow has just melted off. Um, as you kind of un, as 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 Osbert kind of begins to uncover the bones, um, he kind of digs in with dirt between his fingertips and his fingernails and. Um, you find yourselves pulling at bones that are wrapped inside of a small kind of faded pink dress. Without a doubt, it is. It is 
a little girl's skeleton. Um, upon seeing this, you all need to you need to make a routine resolve test to resist against stress or to withstand stress. Sorry. Save routine. Yes. Thanks, roll 20. Somebody got a match. Ooh. Who, rolled, who just rolled a 66 and critically I, failed? That would be Keegan. Hmm. So um, it looks like everybody succeeded except for Keegan, if I'm not mistaken. So I haven't rolled yet. Hold on a second. Okay. Sorry. What was the diff? Actually, no, I'm, I'm incapacitated. I automatically fail. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's not good. <laughs> no, um, it's not. <laughs> so, upon... So, first I'm going to resolve what happens with Keegan. So, Keegan, um... You... you <laughs> shit. You suffer 21 mental peril. Incapacitated. And gain three conflict, and then another... Six conflict for incapacitated. What what is Keegan doing when when you so let's frame this up, right? So Nine in about, the first five minutes. Oh my god. So let's that's a new it's a new record. Um let's talk about let's frame this from a story perspective. Like what is happening with Keegan at this point as as Osbert turns the earth over and sees the skeleton of this little girl? Um so I tend to and I, I've said this before, Keegan is from the perspective that I made him, I wanted him to be a character that doesn't have like the tragic backstory and all those things. Like he mm -hmm. doesn't, he doesn't have that whole, I grew up in a harsh childhood or any of that. So he doesn't have that. So he doesn't have like a basis for right. having to deal with these kinds of things. So I would assume, you know, he, he kept telling everybody, let's leave it alone. Let's leave it alone. And of course they started poking at it, which just made him feel more uncomfortable because he doesn't want to deal with or want to think about these kinds of things. So probably when he sees that, he just kind of breaks um, and kind of falling towards his chaos alignment apprehension at this point, he is just completely like stark white, like all the blood has left his skin uh, or left his face. He's completely just like pale, matches the girl's complexion probably that we saw earlier and uh, is just standing there staring at it, unable to move, barely breathing kind of thing. I think is what it is because he can't it, he can't comprehend that like something this horrific would happen. So while this is happening with Keegan, and it's dark out, um, you turn toward Osbert, and uh, Osbert, uh, to to be clear, um, mechanically, here's here's what happens. Um, you're unconscious. So explain mm -hmm. to us what explain narrate to us what's happening before you. Um, am I unconscious or incapacitated? Unconscious. Okay, so I was incapacitated previously. Now I am unconscious. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. Um, so I, you know, it looks like I was, you know, I said, oh, this seems to be the right thing to do, and start, you know, digging through the earth to. Uh, exhume this body for a proper burial so to speak and uh when i kind of you know started to uncover the dress and that sort of thing i just kind of uh got to a point where 
I was very overcome with the macabre nature of what I was doing and basically just collapsed on top of the body. Just fainted. Oh, Like just ugh, nasty, just a kind of a nasty picture and everyone's kind of shocked and probably does takes a moment to react to what just happened. Yeah, what what's going through Calvin and Collinsworth minds? Like, what what are they doing as they kind of see Keegan just kind of freeze up, pale as a sheet, and Osbert just literally pass out? As you can see him, he begins to breathe like quickly, and then he just passes out on the earth. I look to Calvin at first, and I'm assuming Calvin looks at me because uh-huh. it's what we do. Yeah, and. After we share that brief moment of the fuck, um, I go and I, I pick Clumsy up off of the body. Yeah, I would I would help you know move Clumsy off to the side, uh, and I would think that since Sweets is good at like taking care of people, I would try to get their attention and be like, hey, you know, take care of uh, Clumsy here. See if we can give him some water. See if you can calm him down or wake him up. But uh, move him over to the side, and then yeah. Calvin will try to kind of take over. You know, uh, exhuming the the body if need be, and then um, kind of trying to figure out where we're gonna bury bury them. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> Osbert is completely unresponsive. Um. His heart is slowed. His breathing is incredibly shallow. Um, obviously, Keegan, you know, knowing what happened, you can react how you want, of course, and, and of course, everybody else can too. But just know that the 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 grim realization um, that this little girl was buried here was just kind of it. Just at this point, he's, everyone's just kind of planet struck um, by what's happened, and um, maybe not. Maybe the weight of it just comes. The weight of it just suddenly comes crashing down over everybody, like a great wave breaking against the rocks. And fortunately, Calvin and Collinsworth, you kind of steal yourselves when you see this. And you make that realization, and then Collinsworth, you remember, you remember when you came into Stonehold, there was a there was a cemetery, um, not far from where the village was, and this girl Claire was not buried there. <clears throat> You know, it's odd that she's all the way out here. I mean, there's a cemetery right right in front. I mean, we can try to puzzle all night on why something terrible like this happened, but I don't know if that's going to, solving that mystery is really going to help anything. I think we just need to bury them, try to put them to rest. I mean, any murderer is long gone. These bones have been here for who knows how long. I don't think there's any justice we can give her. Only peace. Uh, so I've been, I, I've had, you know, experience coming across dead animals, sure. you know, and everything out in the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, 
I know I can't tell how long something's been dead, but like, is this where like even the clothes have been eaten through by worms and stuff? Or is it like body looks like it's resumed and uh, exhumed and the clothing is still pretty new? Like that level just it 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 her 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 little body is you know for without going to grim detail is desiccated. Do you have a he, do you have heal skill? No, no, that's why I'm just wondering that. Yeah, you can you can make a heal test. Okay. Um, this will be a secret test. Okay, let's go to the standard. Does anybody have a just out of curiosity? Anybody have a skill rank and heal? I don't believe I. I, 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 I that's right. And if I'm not we mistaken, have, we have the doctor. Yeah, that's right. He's uh, back at Stonehold too. With Thirty-two Phineas. out of thirty. Uh, so Which you actually succeeded yeah. your test, huh. <laughs> and and you 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 realize that she's probably been dead for maybe a season. Um, as you exhume her body from the earth, Calvin. Uh-huh the thing that catches your eye almost immediately and this is very unusual given the fact that the little dress she wears it's almost like a woolen shift but there is lace around the neck um and that lace seems to show what looks like a ring of roses all the way around like it's it's very curious um that such a poorly made dress a simply made dress would have such embroidery upon it huh You know, that would be considered if we had our cards. That'd be considered a clue. So, how long has Stonehold sat empty? That's a good question. Because this body is only a season old, at most. So you know that um, that the uh, torqued lords were driven out of here. Um, <clears throat> about a season and a half ago and the place was abandoned as the soldiers returned back to Ecuador. That's all you really know about Stonehold. Um, at least the current situation. Um, while you're kind of deliberating on this, um, <laughs> Dr. Dr. Zayas uh, <clears throat> uh James, Dr. James Coventry comes over and he's trying to attend to Osbert and he's saying I, I he's, he's gonna die. He's saying he's gonna die is what he's saying to Osbert. His, he's going into arrest and as he says this Osbert's body starts thrashing on the ground um, as you are literally you are, you are going to be scared to death um, unless you undergo trepanation. And Dr. James Coventry is, says, he's like, we need to find, we need to find some place and we need to find some place. And, and he's very, he's very panicked at this point, by the way, he's panicked. He said, we need to find, um, excuse me, ah, trying to clear his throat. He's clearly super nervous. His hands are trembling. Um, the whole, the doctor's back he has is you can hear the metal instruments shaking and shambling inside. He's like, we need to uh, get, we need to get uh, Osbert somewhere. We need to, to see to him. This is, he's going to die, man, he says. As he grabs a hold of King, he's going to die, man! As he holds on to Keegan's shoulders, actually speaking clearly for just a moment. Uh, 
the only place even remotely close to civilization is that ruin. How much time do we have? As quickly as possible. What, 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 what ruin? What, what place are you talking about? The, the research site? I'll just kind of look. Oh, the village it. itself. Yeah. You can do that. Like Stonehold. Oh. <laughs> should, we, should, we, should we try Stonehold or should we make the trek back to the Green John? James is kind of shaking his head, not sure what to do. He's not going to make it that far. We can't go back to the Green John. Calvin, he turns to Calvin. What are we going to do? As he begins shaking Calvin. Well. <laughs> NPC, by the way, NPCs do not make decisions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear. Well, we need Keegan to set up camp his, now. Here, Keegan looks on his back at the tent that he's care or on at his horse at the tent that's on there, and kind of points, but he doesn't say anything. He just kind of this over at the horse. The, is the tent good enough? It's just, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's just get it set up just quickly now, quickly. He says. Uh, All right, so I'll try and set the tent up. Yeah, um, I, the, the tent is a little bit of a mess. Um, given that it's been out in this research, it was in that research place for quite some time. You set it up, you basically set up this tent near the shallow grave and you bring Osbert in and you have, I'm assuming you have some sort of light. We'll assume that Dr. James Coventry does. He pulls in a lamp from his thing and he says, um, here's the thing, as he says, is he literally pulls out this, this trepanation pan. And if you're not familiar with what this is, it's a giant corkscrew with a sawtoothed half dome on it that is used to literally relieve water from the brain. Huh. I Some consider this practice heinous and barbaric, but it is necessary. Otherwise, he is going to die of a broken heart. This is what literally Dr. James says. And this actually makes sense. This like, like it may sound absurd to us, but it is real in this game that these things are real. He can die of a broken heart. Um, basically, I'll explain what this means in just a moment to you, Nick. Uh, but this rule actually exists in Zweihander and in Flames of Freedom. So um, he says, I, I will need some time to see to, to Osbert. I'll need, I'll need an hour. Or some time. Some hours, he says. He cannot, he cannot give an accurate estimate. It just depends. Take your time. We're not going anywhere. Whatever you need to do to, to help them out. <clears throat> if I hit, um, uh, <clears throat> here's the thing. It could be two hours. It could be 11 hours. If I take my time, it could be more than 24 hours. It's anyone's guess. And if that happens, he looks at Osborne. Okay, he leaves the, he pauses, a pregnant pause. He may not make it. Time is of essence, but I will leave it to you, Master Calvin, to make that decision. Shall I take my time, or shall I see to, to or shall I see to Osbert right now? I'm well, having terrible flashbacks. <laughs> you know what? Don't take your time. Do it now. He, he nods poorly. <laughs> <laughs> so. He will expend a bandage. He will inject Quicksilver into Osbert, and he'll begin to perform trepanation. Um, this is a pretty gruesome task um, that he's about to go through, and it takes 1d10 plus one hours. 
So let's first off, let's see how long it takes him to perform trepanation. It's going to be 10 hours, uh, which means um, people are going to be a little tired if you decide to stay awake. Um, unless you wish to rest outside. Is incapacitated any different in Flames of Freedom? What's that now? Is incapacitated any different? Because since I'm nope. incapacitated right now. No. Well, because I was going to see if I could assist. Uh, so you can't assist a skill roll if you're incapacitated. Yeah, you can't even succeed your own. So. Yeah, and I don't have any smelling salts. All I got is mandrake root, so I can't even get myself off of incapacitated. All right. Ah! Uh, Dr. Dr. James Coventry says, well, if it's a matter of shaking you out of this i've a smelling salt in my in my medical medical bag he insists so when he actually has like somebody telling him what to do he actually steps forward yeah. at that point to yeah. figure out what to do so i will go ahead and take smelling salts and then uh once i'm out of incapacitated I will actually assist him. If so, possible. because you took a smelling salt, you gain one conflict. Meh. Yeah. Hey. Ten! In, in for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> Did I gain any conflict when I was actually... I went out? Okay. No. So, um, <clears throat> here's, here's what happens. Um, so, the first question is, Osbert, how many flaw ranks do you currently have? Uh, three. Okay. Um, so, uh, Keegan, do you have a skill rank in heal? I don't. Oof. Okay. Um, so I'm not going to roll this. I'm going to have Osbert roll this. Osbert, I want you to roll 1d100, and you need to get a 51% or above or below. Oh, nice. Oh. Success. Cool. Nice. Yay. So. Uh, wait, let me so, re-roll that. <laughs> so. Oh, wait, we didn't roll for our uh, points. We didn't roll we for did, fortune we'll points. Do, let's do it in just one moment. Uh, right. We need to resolve one thing at a time. Um, so as you undergo uh, trepanation, um, this is a, a pretty... Um, it's a pretty traumatic experience. Uh, so fortunately, uh, Dr. James Coventry is able to save Osbert from suffering any permanent effects. I'm going to talk about what I mean by permanent effects. What about the assist dice? So we will, we'll get to that in just a moment. Okay. Let's okay. talk about the mechanics. So I'm going to be clear here. Characters can literally be scared to death when failing to withstand horror, but only while incapacitated. If a character suffers from stress, fear, or terror while incapacitated, the character is rendered unconscious until they undergo successful trepanation. Once they have undergone a failed or critically failed trepanation, the character gains either the failing heart or planet struck drawback. If they already have one of them, then they gain the other. And if they already have both drawbacks, you're dead, scared to death. So fortunately, you lived, which is good. But you will be unconscious uh, for, and let me verify this, uh, because this recently changed too. Um, I need to verify this. But 
you are going to be unconscious uh, for not. Sorry, I'm I'm looking up this rule. I apologize. We're still working from Google Docs here. Um, I'm looking for healing and hazard. Sorry about the delay here. Uh, I just can't remember where it's at. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, you're going to be unconscious for 24 hours. However, uh, after 10 hours, Dr. James is successful. However, you are all now suffering from sleep deprivation. Um, who is staying up first off those 10 hours? It's the first question I probably need to ask. Uh, so, I mean, Ke Keegan would have had to um, stay up the whole time to assist, right? Yeah. I would assume, right? Yep. Um, That's fine. I save him from potentially getting a critical failure. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> shall we take shifts? Yes. I mean, we should take shifts for uh, watch and whatnot, especially being this close to, you know, being this close to the stonehold. Do you, shall you rest first, younger brother? Sure. Go ahead. So um, that's good uh, in some ways. <laughs> uh, in, However, uh, there's some benefit here. So because you underwent trepanation, Osbert, you uh, actually remove two flaw ranks uh, for undergoing successful trepanation. Oh. <laughs> yep. oh, no, you're actually pretty un unhappy about that. I'm sorry. Yeah. That just means he gets to work on getting them back. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe in you, Nick. You now, the other side of this is Keegan is literally wiped uh, after being up all night, and you will suffer 19 physical peril due to, <laughs> due to sleep deprivation. Hopefully I pass out at the end of assisting him then. We'll assume that you do. Um, <laughs> if you suffer from sleep deprivation, you're incapacitated, you are asleep for 24 hours. Keegan, and that's another six <laughs> conflict for being incapacitated. That's 16 conflict in the first hour. Mm. Hey, you know what? It doesn't beat... Oh my God. It doesn't beat one of my days as far as totals yet, though. Oh, I'm so sorry for rolling so high tonight. Um... You know, the, I'm so sorry for rolling so high last game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> go ahead and roll your assist die. Let's see if there's any additional benefit here for um, Dr. James Country. Okay. Critical uh, failure. <laughs> <laughs> I protect those, thankfully. It's, yeah. it's always the best result, even if it's so. With yeah, so um, no, no, unfortunately not. Um, nope. just the same result. So, um, at the end of this laborious process. Um, the tent is kind of spattered and blood speckles. You can see Osbert's head has been shaved at the crown where his hair grows. And there is this little lead plate that's been tapped into place, these tiny nails. Um, Osbert, as you um, have underwent trepanation successfully somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh but but you but you are alive um which is good 
So it's going to take some time, obviously, for Osbert to recover. Um, and it's also going to take some time for Keegan to recover because they both had to sleep for 24 hours. Um, Collinsworth and Calvin, you obviously split up the shift overnight. Um, you, it's probably toward, I would say probably 7 o'clock in the morning by the time um, Dr. James Coventry finishes his work. His elbows are covered in blood. Sorry, his arms are covered in blood. He's got his sleeves rolled up. Um, his smock is covered in blood. You heard some pretty gruesome sawing last night. You could you could smell the scent of bone being like, like the, the, the way the corkscrew works. If you've ever seen these things, they literally like, that's what I was like, rev up toys and they kind of kind of locomote themselves. So they had to literally, he had to saw part of the skull off, right? Open it up to expose the brain, let the water on the brain drip out onto the floor or into a pan that he tossed outside. Um, and then the bone is obviously, he can't put the bone back in. So he, or sorry, he puts the bone back in and puts a little metal plate over it because the bone is not going to bend on its own. So to keep the bone in place, as opposed to floating around, he takes a little metal kind of plate, a little polished plate and these little tiny boot nails and hammers it into the skull. If you've seen Rome, the first like three episodes, I think, Titus Polo actually has like water on the brain and undergoes like trepanation. It's a pretty visceral um, thing because they have to, in order to get the skull bone out, they have to drill a hole in the center. <laughs> so it's uh, it's literally, you know, it's bad. Um, so uh, that's, that's what happens. Bad humors out. Yeah, that's what happens. Um, well, what kind of jester will he be <clears throat> if he's humorless? <laughs> <laughs> the humor. That's right. I'll have just a good humor. Hopefully. Yep. So an ice cream jester. Yeah. All right. So since they're going to be down for 24 hours, uh, would we be able to like dig the grave of the, for the child in that time? Uh, to the cemetery? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, the, so Collinsworth and Calvin, you head to the cemetery, and you can see that there are a number of marked gravestones um, mm. littering this. There are uh, some mounds of earth here and there where they buried the dead. Um, that These little tiny white flowers, much like the, sorry, the blue flowers. It's like the flowers you saw in the flower field when you are coming through the rushwood. Mm -hmm. um, you see them kind of grave flowers, essentially, all over. Um, the mounds. In fact, um, Calvin, one thing you have learned uh, with your time with um, Obadiah, Mr. Irving, as Collinsworth knows him as, um, that these flowers are called grave flowers, and they only grow where the, where blood has been spilt or where the dead has been buried. Huh. And they have, uh, they have, they are, they are grow. They could, they are basically the, they're the custodian's blessing. Okay. Coincidentally. The mound where the little girl was buried, no grave flowers whatsoever. And they grow year-round, despite the season. Okay. So, yeah, like, I'll take the time to, you know, dig the grave and actually go, like, pick some flowers for, uh, you know. Oh, we'll, I think we'll probably, I mean, I'll discuss with my brother, but I was planning to wait until the others were, ready to then full, give her a full send off instead of just you know. so the, the i i should i should say that um just as a just as just a kind of little hint here um 
This graveyard has several marked graves. Okay. So you just want to... You know, I mean, I'll take the time to look, I guess. Yeah, why not? I mean, I've got time to gander. <laughs> You're down for 24 hours. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> well, you, you kind of take your time. I'm a, what are you doing, Collinsworth? I'm, I'm with him the whole time, like uh, uh, helping him out because I just don't think that it'd be good to let him do all the digging and everything on his own. Got it. So um, go ahead and make, uh, uh, I'll assume Calvin, since you're the one who's looking for the graves, are you going to help Cal Collinsworth or just kind of wait for Calvin? Brother, I'm wondering with this embroidery it, on this dress, if maybe there's any sort of clue of uh, what family she may have belonged to, perhaps we can compare. You can help me with that. Uh, sure. What are we comparing to? Well, the embroidery to see if there's are any headstones with the same markings. I'm not a I'm not educated in heraldry, but uh, I can try to match like with like. Ah, uh, yes. So we're looking to see if there's a rose by any other name. Yes. Very well. Let's take a look. Uh, both of you may make a um, a routine awareness test as you're kind of searching into the gravestones. They're in various states of, of uh, awareness, disrepair, and such. I succeed, and Collinsworth critically succeeds. Nice. Yeah. Good job, brother. <laughs> well, not only do you discover what you are like. 100% for certain is the grave of her mother. Mm -hmm. um, you also discover um, an empty, you discover an empty urn uh, that has been spilt. That must have been her father's ashes, Ooh. which who critically succeeded? Collinsworth did. I did. Collinsworth, the thing that you recognize almost immediately is like this, this family must have been esteemed whatever that may mean in um, Stonehold. Mm. Uh, and the name of the, uh, of the mother, which is on the gravestone, is Madeline Rose. Uh, there's a picture of what appears to be the martyr um, engraved upon the stone kind of crudely. Um, they clearly couldn't afford a, a stone headstone, so they used made of wood. It's engraved in the wood uh, of, a, of the martyr holding a child, which indicates that whoever's buried here is either buried with the child or has a child. Um, if they have multiple children when they die, typically those children are around the skirts of the martyr, but there's only one. There is no other thing. There's nothing else here, save for the urn that's clearly been knocked over at some point and the ashes have been spread somewhere. There are probably the ashes of her husband, you would guess. Mm -hmm. um, and this is doubtlessly uh, this, this child's resting place. She was, she was laying here at first, but someone exhumed her bones? No, okay. I know, sorry, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not being clear. This is where her mother is buried. Oh, okay, the, by her resting place, you mean the mother, okay. Um, this is her mother's. Mm. There's one child listed below. Mm, so this would be her. All right. Possibly. 
Well, I think it's our uh, best bet. So, uh, well, we can get to work. That we can. Um, I have a thought. Yeah? We don't have enough provisions. No? That's probably true. I think we uh, went through <laughs> a lot of them on just the way here. We're not even mm -hmm. all the way there. And uh, we know we're not going to find anything growing in these lands, but perhaps there's some small game mm. that can be found. Huh? Shall we... Shall we do this together and then hope to catch something or should one of us go and catch something while one well, of us? I don't know how, I mean, can I estimate how long it would take to dig a grave? I've never done such things, so. Probably an hour or two at best. Okay. Well, I mean, we give this an hour or two and then perhaps give it an hour or two to the hunt. There's no snow, so. We have better chances than we had when we were in the cave. It is true. Well, um, if only we had some shovels. Hmm. Well, if only there were a dig site that had shovels, but they didn't even have shovels there. I'll have a uh, bone to pick with that foreman if they ever return. <laughs> bunch. Number two. Sorry, Kay. <laughs> well... Um, There's more than two. You haven't been counting. You know, I would imagine that uh, at a site such as that without any uh, shovel, shovels, uh, things might drag them. Yes, sure. So shall we go and look for some sort of spades or shovels inside a stone old? We can see if there's a um, house to this graveyard. Gravekeeper's shack, maybe? That would be the most likely place that it would be. And with that, you head to a small, what, a, what you thought was a mausoleum when you approached, but you realized it was actually the gravekeeper's house, um, or tool shed, or shed, I should say. Um, and you find an appropriate, you find what you need to basically to, to, to dig a grave. Um, you should be fine to do that. All right. Cool. So with that, um, you you lay the the corpse of the of the girl to rest, uh, resolving your minor quest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, but but the weight of kind of what's happened, uh, you will carry with you certainly, um, as um, you return to the camp some number of hours later, about a little bit past midday. Um, James Coventry is lying down in the tent, sleeping. Clumsy, of course, is unconscious, knocked out. Um, Keegan is asleep. And um, it's about midday, and you feel your stomachs crumble. Uh, do you have any days of provisions left? Sorry, Phineas is there too. He kind of awakens. Uh, he's kind of nodding off outside the tent as you approach. He says, what did you find? Did you f what, what happened? We were able to lay her to rest. She did have some family there in the graveyard. Mm. So. It's good. It's good. Hopefully, 
this candle um, won't be lit anymore. The stories that the people shed in old Grolstead about Stonehold and too much blood spilt up on the ground. Hopefully, maybe, he says. He I seems don't know. Yes. We'll see, won't we? Mm-hmm. We need to see about procuring some food because uh, I seem to only have, what, a day's provisions left? I can't remember. Well, I remember uh, we had provisions enough to get there and back, I believe, but we ended up spending double you know, right. getting here. Okay, of, so uh, we have four rolls. Yeah. Yeah. So basically we need to, uh, if we have the downtime to uh, go ahead and do some hunting. Mm -hmm. Well, we shall be off to see about procuring us some food. Mm -hmm. Are you okay here by yourself, Phineas? I don't suspect there'll be much, honestly. I don't know. To be, to, be, to be quite frank, he says, it is not creatures of the wild or torped lords that scare me as he turns toward Stonehold. I know what I saw last night and I know what's happened here. What I fear for is when the sun sets. Return before then. Would you feel Indeed, that'll be our goal. Would you feel better if Hobbes was with you? <laughs> he says. I can't control that beast. No, you can't. So long as I, so long as I tell Hobbes to stay here, he'll stay. He nods, kind of inching away from Hobbes. <laughs> I think, brother, he will grin and bear it. Mm. Or perhaps uh, one of us should stay and Hobbes will go with whoever leaves. Huh? I'll leave that up to you. Hobbs, stay. Be a good boy. <laughs> His wet, warm nose kind of mushes against your face as there's a big, fat, purple tongue that licks the side of it. <laughs> you hear this kind of sort of sound as it kind of <clears throat> goes across the sandpaper beard on your face. Ah, uh, yes. I love you too, Hobbs. <laughs> so you're going to off a of hunting you're going hunting and foraging mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. both of you yeah we'll yep. probably have to range a bit if there's not <laughs> a lot that grows or lives around the actual stonehold proper yep so which one of you wants to be the leader for hunting and foraging i think that would probably be better if it were uh uh calvin okay yeah <clears throat> Okay. Um, so Calvin, uh, Simon, Theodore, uh, it's good. So Calvin, uh, Calvin. your, yeah, uh, to hunt, it's, this is, this is, I think if, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to look back on my journey uh, log here. Uh, this was uh, standard. It was 
sorry, it was challenging terrain. It was moved. It, it was yes, yeah, challenging terrain. So it's a challenging survival test. All right, let me move that challenge in. <clears throat> challenging survival, right? Yeah, that's right. Fail. Um, let's just assume that you have the full gamut of. Well, your, I got. Of your, do we got an assist uh, dice here? Yeah. Yep. So that, you roll a three, right? Yep. It's a thirty-two out of forty-six, so success. Nice. Okay. Um, you will be able to roll one d six. Which we need to roll d sixes for. Uh... Oh, I'm sorry. My apologies. Not one d six. I am so sorry. Yeah, well, one d six. Let's see how long it takes you to hunt. It's the first, All right. first thing. three. This will be three hours of hunting, and you will recover. What's your perception bonus? Perception bonus. What did I close out of my thing? I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I meant to minimize it. Yeah. And I closed yeah, yeah. out of it. All right. Uh, perception bonus is five. So you'll get. You'll find six days of food for one person. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. You need. Do you? Uh, do you have any ranged weapons? I have a I bow and arrow, and I have the uh, okay. the musket. So you need to expend either six arrows or six bullets. We're gonna do six arrows or a combination thereof. Now, since I'm assisting, can I use some of my ammunition? Sure, why not? I'll use two of them. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So, um, probably at this point, it's probably about five o'clock, and um, sweets and clumsy are still asleep. Um, they're going to be asleep at least until the evening. Uh, you set up camp, you build a fire near the mound. Um, and, um, as the sun is kind of setting, that's when Osbert and Keegan kind of begin to stir at different intervals. Um, Osbert, as you stir, you are still incapacitated. Um, and you get the splitting headache, <laughs> and then Keegan, you awaken to imperiled. Right then, Phineas says as he grabs Osbert's arm and pulls him up out of the cot that's inside the tent. Uh, he's very, uh, seems very frustrated and just bad headache and doesn't really like He's not really reacting to the light very well. Um, not very, quite vocal at this point either. He seems to be aware of what's going on, but he just doesn't seem like he wants to talk to anyone. I think your dog reacted to you growling like that. I saw <laughs> the motion in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's the matter, Nick? <laughs> So as you gather around the campfire and the sun is slowly setting, your eyes turn towards Stonehold, watching the window. And the sky is cast in kind of these, this pink and this amber color and then this orange and then a great dark. It's a dog. It's, that's Hobbs. Um, Hobbs is not a dog. Uh, no, and as the sun sets, you kind of watch with kind of on edge to see if the candle lights once again in the window. And as nightfall comes and the sun disappears and the mirror rises in the vault of night and the sky and the stars is exposed on a little bit of a chilly night, 
you turn your eyes toward the gray, cold stone castle, turning your eyes beyond the gatehouse from the opening chambers beyond the village toward the second floor where you saw the um, little balcony. And you look, peering through those panes at this distance to see if there's any flickering of a candlelight. And there is none. I'll breathe, breathe a sigh of relief. So by this time, um, the day is kind of wasted at this point, but you have enough food for one, two, three, four, five, for all six of you for the night. Um, Calvin hunted or forged and hunted successfully. Um, so you <clears throat> managed to have enough food for today without beating the suffer of starvation. So, the next morning comes, uh, Ian Clumsy, you're restored to Imperiled. Everybody's in store to, everybody is restored to Imperiled if you were, mm-hmm. if you were down the peril condition track. Um, still not safe territory. I'm sorry, no, you're Imperiled regardless, unless you have a trigger mm-hmm. or talent that, that dictates mm-hmm. otherwise. So the next morning comes, um, and Osbert appears to be, he has his wits about him, but Osbert, you've got this excruciating headache that hasn't went away you feel almost feels like uh not like a migraine but like like it's a like that there's a weight in your on your soul like something inside your chest hurts your and when you move you when you look at bright light like you feel these kind of lightning pain shoot behind your eyes coincidentally um if that test would have been failed um for trepanation um, the results are actually pretty fucking nasty. Um, <clears throat> you'd be uncapa- you'd be unconscious for 72 hours. You gain a number of flaw ranks equal to those you already have and then suffer the permanent effects of broken heart syndrome. If it was a critical failure, you're dead. Mm. Yeah, trepanation, uh, not to be taken lightly. It can restore your flaw ranks, um, but the, the failing, failing in critical failure is bad. Really bad. <clears throat> Yeah, it's also pretty bad when you try it three times in a row. Yeah, old rules. <laughs> old rules uh, don't quite apply any longer, unfortunately. But yeah, that's happened to Nick before. Yeah. Um, Not my first rodeo when it comes to trepanation. That's a sentence I thought I'd never say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, technically, uh, just to be clear, um, you're supposed to be unconscious for 1D10 plus 1 days, but I... I I, I forgot about that, so we're not going to mess with it. Um, and you can only have trepanation performed on you once a week. That makes more sense. Makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you know, trepanate, trepanate, trepanate. You're just going to end up dead. Um, so uh, we turn back to the next morning. Uh, and clearly, I mean, at this point, you kind of relay the information to Osborne, I'm assuming. Keegan, everybody, everybody's caught up in what's happened at this point. And you've yet to make it to the dick of winter. I can't let you say that casually now. And you manage not to make it to the dick of winter. Instead, Osborne undergoes trepanation. <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and you solve a minor quest by burying a little girl with her mother. Um, and you lifted the haunting from Stonehold. And we're just leveling up. That's what we're doing, right? Yeah. Right. You're grinding. grinding. This quest was great to you. No. Um, 
That's awesome. <laughs> to be fair, so it was and grave. Be, and a, and a reminder for our viewers and for you all too. I didn't play any any of this. This just happened last game session. This seemed like a fun, interesting way to take it. So um, no planning on my part. This is all just off the dome. This is like freestyle rap, aka uh, via TTRPG style. Um, I'm just super excited to run a sandbox. Is all I'm saying. Like I haven't ever, I haven't done or done this. Or I haven't done this in a long time. So I'm super stoked. Anyway, uh, yeah. So you knock a quest off your log, uh, but you did lift the haunting from Stonehold um seemingly so what are you gonna do from here i suppose uh everyone's feeling at least well enough that we can go on i don't see why we shouldn't phineas says we do still have to attend to the job that green john gave us so we can prove it to the people of stonehold that that uh sten was not responsible for the death of was not responsible for the death of the Grahlstedek. It's important to remember why we're going. Nay? Nay. Osbeth? Uh, let's go. So, uh, do you want to keep the same roles as before? Keegan as the trailblazer? Calvin and Collinsworth as quartermaster and Osbert as the scout. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you pick your things up um, and you begin your foray to the dick of winter. Um, uh, wait, before you do that, um, you don't have any food. You have none. You ate your food that day. <clears throat> we should still have four days of provisions though so to to be clear the six days that calvin got is six days of food for one person so if there's six people in the party and there is no provisions mm -hmm. between anyone the provisions are gone right so okay. each person purchased six provisions oh, before good. the trip okay yeah um so yes we were able to essentially stem losing Got it. Got yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely day. right. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> we're going to start making our tests again. So we need our trailblazer uh, to make our first test. And this is Keegan. Keegan, make a folklore or navigation test. This is challenging terrain. So it is a challenging folklore or navigation. And just let me know the results because I'm not monitoring roll 20. Uh, 28 out of 54 success. I think you were muted. Okay. <laughs> yep. Sorry. I was busy drawing on the map. Yeah. Uh, 28 out of 54. That's good. Okay. So the good thing is, is that, um, Keegan actually knows the way from Stonehold to the Dick of Winter. Um, like it just kind of like almost like a muscle memory. Uh, you managed to get navigating your way back. No pun intended on that. I promise. Um, uh-huh. But, uh, you find your way to the dick um, and the terrain eases by one step positively. So this is a good thing. Um, there's only one endure check along the way. Cause it is a short stretch. So everyone needs to make a standard survival or toughness test. Let's see how well you withstand the cold and the rigors of travel on your way there. Just let me know if you 
Just let me know the results. Let me know if you fail, succeed, crit succeed, or crit fail. Because I'm not really watching desperation. I'm not watching the roll 20. Uh, did you say standard or challenging? It's standard. Okay. Uh, it, because your trailblazer, Keegan, succeeded the test. Success. Nice. Roll 20 looks like I failed, but I had challenging on, so success. Okay, cool. Oh, sh. It's what happened. Calvin got a uh, crit success. Nice. What'd you get Collinsworth? Uh, Collinsworth got a standard failure. Okay. Well, the good thing is, as before, the Super Redding brothers, Calvin will be able to share his comfort with another character who failed their test, so you may automatically succeed as well, Collinsworth. Nice. Collinsworth has been getting carried for the past two uh, <laughs> sessions, no and I'm okay shit. with that. They pick up right. slack. Well, That's right. I mean, I guess I'm just being lazy, right? That's right. So let's see how you do, uh, how the quartermaster does, keeping foodstuffs, making sure everyone's well-rested. Granted, it's only like a day and a half to the dick, so it's not too far from uh, Stonehold. I keep, it's weird to say it like so, just like, like it's another word, just on my way to the dick, no big deal. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Nick. Yeah. I'm a 12-year-old. Uh, I, I can tell you the first question people asked is who in or where and what is the dick is what somebody said on the dick of winter on twitter <laughs> when we first because i showed the map um so we need our quartermaster who's calvin with collinsworth uh whoever's backing up who it's a standard heal or survival test just let me know uh, you take care of it brother but i'll help Can't hear you. Uh, I succeeded with a 41. Uh, uh, we barely hear you. Barely hear you. Uh, we succeeded with a 41. Okay, cool. Uh, so the good Is thing. Is your mic down? No, but it's been up the whole. It's been up the whole time. Maybe plug it back in. That I may just come loose or something like that. Yeah, it. Your sound dropped. It's like significant. It just dropped completely this happened actually last time too when we were recording um the mm -hmm. 10 best ways to die in zweihander it was really low then it kind of went ramped way, way back up yeah sounds like you're talking in another room yeah well the yeah we can't even hear you now yeah weird uh-huh got nothing so, so the good thing is that you only expend one day of provisions for each day of the trip um on your way there uh but we do need our final test to be made by the scout the final scout down doo, 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 doo. who is osbert uh, so osbert make a standard awareness or stealth test okay let's see what happens along the way standard stealth that's a success nice so um you watch effectively on the stretch reduce the threat level by 1d6 cast die so that means there's no no risk uh, nor threat along the way so let's take uh just a quick uh well let's flip to a break and then we will return once uh mike has his mic back on sounds good so it, it doesn't for from there you come toward the dick of winter as osbert has called it um, the landscape, of course, the snow has melted away, revealing 
um, what you suspected before, which is a pretty rough looking terrain. Um, of course, you're nowhere near the Horned Society where you're at. Um, however, uh, the you can see some copses of trees here and there, the very beginnings of the Rushwood, where you know the nameless hail from. Um, and as you're approaching uh, the deck, um, you can see that there are carrion birds circling overhead. And there's this awful, awful smell, um, which must be where the body is at this point. Uh, as you draw near uh, the dick, <laughs> uh, you can see that the stone plinth kind of juts upward toward the sky, kind of bending a little bit to the right um, or the left, you know, depending on what uh, perspective you're looking at. That. Um, and there are all manner of rocks kind of scattered all around, kind of like a mishmash of stone. It's mostly just a kind of a flint stone kind of hill. I mean, judging by looking at your map, you've kind of begun to construct, Keegan's begun to construct. Um, it's not too far from Finn's Cave, so you'd imagine these foothills actually continue to Finn's Cave until they reach northward toward the Horn Society. But it's kind of that weird area where like the forest almost meets the foothills and the mountains. You can see the Horn Society, of course, from here. Um, gray and distant, uh, but otherwise it's a clear day. You get judges maybe like 50-ish degrees at best. The ground is soggy, muddy, and wet. Um, there's a, a few things that is kind of tough, hardy weeds that are blowing in the wind um, that have survived the winter uh, that are beginning to grow once again. Um, and you could see the body of the nameless still uh, lying uh, prostrate uh, against the dick. you're all of course on horseback because you got horses from the green john but the smell is absolutely overwhelming oh dear gods I must confess I dare not go any closer lest I repeat my previous performance stand strong Phineas says clutching his fist and have hot, he urges you. I don't have the stomach for it anymore. No matter what my noble intentions were before, just... As, as Osbert is saying this, Phineas is looking towards Collinsworth and Calvin and then turns back to Osbert. Will you two, Keegan, Calvin, Collinsworth, will oh. you come with me to the dick? Yes. Yes, I uh, I, I'm not one to shy away from the dick. No. Proceed to the plinth of stone, you do. Um, and, <laughs> and as you grow closer, the smell is bad, but it's not making your stomach turn. It's just kind of bad. It's clear that the body has been taken by wolves. Um, it's been stretched and broken and limbs are, have been pulled apart. Birds have been pecking at the flesh for days. At this point, um, there's little of the body actually remaining. The, I mean, save for, of course, the heavy furs, the only real remnant um, of the nameless is this long, black, polished rifle about the length of a person is tall. A massive, massive long rifle. Hmm. 
the first thing you notice when you approach too, we'll assume that it's probably Collinsworth who picks it up just for story purposes. Sure. Um, you can see that, um, <clears throat> that, uh, that, that this rifle is of superior grade, um, what you may call castle forged in the South. Um, it, is a, it is a true rifle, not a musket, but it's rifled. Um, this black polished long rifle with, these, with this gold filigree um, along the handle you can see that the stock has been carved with the symbol of the Black Knights of Landon intermingled with House Dauntonthorn. And then there is this little brass plaque on the side of it that simply says B.D. B.D. Wiggity swaggity. Hmm. Well, it was someone's. Maybe Balton Beneath Dalton Thorn? Balton Dalton Thorn? Yeah, we already saw his armor running around. Why not a gun? Was he... Was he a, a marksman? I don't know. He was a Dalton Thorn. He could afford whatever he wanted. He always pays double uh, as Phineas. Phineas. They always pay extra, uh, not double. They always pay, yes, that. That's that's what I heard. (laughs) Shirley, you must know, you must have a deep history and knowledge of the Daunton Thorns, then, Calvin. I heard they're just right bastards. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you. I mean, some of the children are only bastards. I mean, isn't there a bastard in Vecna's Point? I suppose, yes. There are no, there are no, no bastards in the Redding family. Well, they are certainly bastards among the Reddings, though. <laughs> what is, one, one, could, one could be born a bastard or simply just be a bastard when it comes to temperament and such. A glorious no, he nudge, bastard. <laughs> he nudges Osbert. Someone, someone could be a bastard born of royal upbringing and a simple mother or father. Well, one could be a bastard, like a son of a bitch, or whatever you would, you may say. I don't know the colloquialism here in the north, but um, I know a bastard when I meet one. He looks toward mm-hmm. Osbert. <laughs> All I can see it. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, yes, uh, Doctor James Coventry comes forward a bit nervous, uh, looking like he does. Um, <laughs> He, he uh, as Hugh Grant. Well, I um uh, yes, uh, I'm um, afraid that um, the, the the body has been uh, taken by the uh, yeah the elements that returned from um uh, whence whence we all come. Is there any uh, besides the gun? Is there any clothing that might demark it as a uh, as one of these people? Uh, heavy furs, but there's nothing intriguing about it. Okay. Nothing that would be any different than what you wear. Um, the only thing that really stands out that the body the nameless had was this long rifle. Okay. I wonder whether Mr. Obadiah would be interested in the bones as well. Phineas Hard. kind of gives him a, gr- a grimace at the suggestion. Uh, I mean, I ponder, do I think Obadiah would want anything like that? I know he is curious about these sorts of people. 
Obadiah would certainly be uh, curious to probably pull pick apart a cadaver, but um, a suggestion such as that would be uncouth. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't be spoken about openly for sure because it is considered an act of heresy to uh, vivi- to vivisect a corpse. Did. But maybe, but certainly he would be interested in the story or even, I mean, it's kind of up to you, Calvin, for you to define. How do you think that he would react? Didn't we just go through some trouble to make sure someone was buried properly? Yes, I mean, we did. Do we know anything about the nameless, whether they bury their dead like we do? I mean, doesn't everybody? We know I thought the they were. I thought the stories said that they collected their dead, that they would never find a body. So this is actually quite a rarity. Green John did request the body. Well, perhaps we will bring a haunting to Old Crawlstead. So we're to... I shall hold your hand, certainly, Oz, but should you faint again, Phineas says, smiling. Well, part of a body is a body, is it not? Not shudder. going on, not going sh- on my horse. Phineas I shudder to, to say, but I'd hate to go all this way only to be turned back. Is a rifle good enough? Hmm. Hard to say. I only know the green John only so well. Osbert, Phineas says, please sit. I, we can handle this. Just rest. Hmm. What are your what's, thoughts? What say, say you lot? What are your thoughts, sweets? I don't want anything to have to do with the dead, as I've stated before. Uh, it's, it's, it's not my forte. Um, but should we need it, potentially there might be parts that we could take back that have already been taken apart? I, I don't know. Take the, the gun as far as I'm concerned. It, the cloak is quite sizable. We could neatly arrange the bones and wrap it up. You wouldn't have to touch it after that. Is that what you want? Where does it verge between heresy and us actually just collecting things? Does anyone know? I don't know that line. I I don't know, but it's probably bone thin. To meddle meddle with the dead is to uh, invoke a curse, a terrible one. And as the nameless being heretics as they are, who knows what curses they have in the north? I know uh, I'm not one to grave rob, that's for sure. However, knowing that uh, we do have to prove what occurred between Sten and the Grahlstetter, we must do something. Green John was not pleased with the amount of proof we brought back last time. So, let's have a saying words are wind. Show me what you mean. Mm. So this is a show me state? Country. Country? Region? 
I don't think the Green John would turn away a corpse for sure. But I'm not going to be the one to do the... Well, this, as he motions toward the body that's been strewn across the landscape. I suppose if any among us have writing utensils or such, we could make a quick sketch. Perhaps that would be enough. It's hard to say. But I know for certain that the corpse would be enough. Keegan, you have an inkling, as uh, Phineas nudges Keegan as he is drawing on the map. You have an inkling for this, nay? Perhaps an illustration to satisfy Osbert's suggestion. A drawing? I mean... That's fine. I can do so, but... Uh... How far away is that uh, elk? It would be back toward uh, the main road you came on. I believe that was about a, an hour south. Perhaps its head would suffice? If it's still together, this hasn't been intact. What makes you think that it would be? I don't know. I would just rather carry a creature's head than a body. True. Or a saddle. Did you not skin the animal? We did. And you took its meat? And its meat, yes. But its horns could potentially still be there, right? Mm-hmm. Elk are rather dangerous, and uh, they are, are rare to see down here in the Vale. That could be proof, right? I think the saddle would be better proof. Either way... We can go and see what remains, if it's only an hour. Would you like Dude, me? To... Let's do that. All right. So you do, you wish to leave the body here? Take the gun. When we it's on the way back, right? We can always come back here for the body. Let's take the gun. Yes. So right. any shot for that gun? Uh, <laughs> there is. There's twelve shot. Dang. Uh, someone who's gonna carry the the Daunton Thorn long rifle? Who will take it? I feel like it's fitting if I do, but if anyone else objects, <laughs> yeah, I do not object. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was your former character. Well, not yeah. this person, but um, uh, yeah. So, uh, um, t- do you want the stats on that? Yeah. <laughs> so first off, it's it's superior grade, which means it adds plus five percent to strike with uh, its attack. Um, it is a considered a. It is two-handed. It's four AP to load. It's twelve plus PB yards. Ooh. It's combat bonus damage. It's accurate. It has black powder in its punishing, and it has an encumbrance of four. So, accurate. Is that martial mail or martial range or martial martial ranged? Um, Accurate means it ignores difficulty rating penalties associated with long and extreme distances. Oh, nice. Ooh. Yeah. Punishing, you already know. Spend one AP to add more damage. <laughs> when dealing dangerous weapon, obviously spend one AP to roll an additional 1d6 fury die. So, um, yeah, this is the, and it's superior grade. So, superior grade is plus 5% to strike. Um, a, a, a very, very expensive rifle. Um, for sure, should you choose to resell it. But you saw no rifles as such, even in the Green John's gunnery in the yards. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, They did not have this similar make. Like as you're kind of riding back toward where the elk is, um, you cannot help but admire. I mean, most of you would know this in general. You cannot help but admire its craftsmanship. It's absolutely flawless and it's well-maintained and oiled and it's rifled. It is not like a, you use a rod and and you you don't pack it in like you normally would. It's cartridge loading. Um, very, very unusual, given that your belief, at least people in the North seem to believe that the nameless are savages. It's a martial ranged or simple range? Martial ranged. That's what I figured. I don't got it, but I might have to get it. <laughs> I don't got it, but I may have to get it. Better get it when the going's fast. Um, so... You head back to where the, the corpse of the elk is. As you suspected, it's giant skull with its huge rack of antlers, uh, easily, you know, eight, eight feet wide. I mean, it's a, it's a freaking elk, the a big elk. You've seen, those, you've seen those elk that kind of wander in the middle of the highway in Minnesota that are, like, taller than a car. That's how big this damn thing is. And the saddle is still there. Oh, wow. Uh, some animals have picked at the innards. Uh, there were a few birds kind of nipping at remnants of the flesh and the skin. Ravens, um, fitting, uh, at the bits of flesh still stuck to the skull, but you quickly shoo them away as they take away in a flight of black feather and squawking. And the skull is there, the rack of antlers is there, and the curious saddle is there as well. So you do not have saddles on your horses, I should note. You only have bit, bridle, and reins and a blanket. What's curious about the saddle? Uh, it, once again, doesn't quite match what you would think that these nameless folk would be. You kind of, you almost kind of, maybe maybe the stories of the, that you heard in old Grahlstedt or even you know, from even Phineas and Tucker on the fire um, seem to whisper, they seem to say that they were kind of just strange quote unquote unquote primitive people but um this is a well-made saddle um it's oiled it's been maintained um as is the bit bridle and and the and the uh foot stirrups it's been modified to accommodate the hulking body of an elk but you can tighten the belt and put it on your own horse has a big old horn on the on the top of the saddle that actually is made of horn. Um, the front of the saddle. It's a, quite a fine piece, but I don't think this is good enough proof. It doesn't seem like something a nameless would use. I mean... Where else would we say we got it from, though? I mean, yeah, and they may think it came from Stonehold. I mean, the craft it, is obviously very fine. Does it seem like it would be too big for a normal horse? Uh, no, you could fit over a horse. You just have to tighten the belts. Right, but I mean, it would. I mean, guess what I'm trying to say, think is like, is it almost where it'd be like, okay, yeah, this is definitely something that was fitted for an elk something a larger creature than a horse like maybe a storm horse yeah even that would be more scary than a regular horse uh, uh, do you have ride as a skill you have a skill where you could ride 
you know, I don't think I do. So probably, I don't know. I'm just guessing here, guys. No, I do not. Yeah, you're not really sure, unfortunately. Um, you wouldn't know a saddle for a pony versus a steed versus a storm horse versus an elk. Mm-hmm. But surely this is not a horse's saddle. I don't know. I'm no saddle expert or horse expert for that matter. I can barely stay on top of this one. No, this one is... Look at where the stirrups are. Look at where the um, the belts are arranged. It doesn't go around the the... The ribcage the same. If you say so. No, I, I know so. Look, I can show you. Look, right here. You yeah, see? You it. Nobody else seems to see it, but you certainly do. Yeah, I point out like the body parts of the horse and say, this, this, wouldn't, this would be very uncomfortable for the horse. You think, and, you, can, you, think you can relay all that to the green jaw and have it make sense? Well... Yes. Um, also, take a look at this filigree right here. It's... This is not... Oh, well, I mean, I've never seen anything like this. Looks not like it could be Aerodane make to me. I don't know. Well, not on any saddle I've, I've seen back at home. Now, I don't know about... Northern saddles, though. Well, I mean, we can always take back the lot, the saddle, the gun, a decomposing corpse. Most of the saddles I've worked with, there was an, there was uh, some form of a mark embossed somewhere on it. Let's see if there's any sort of a of an embossing done on on this saddle here. I'll look it over. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I see this, um, this mark here. I don't recognize it, but perhaps someone will, or at least they'll be able to verify that that is no mark that is known in these parts. There is a Seamus. He says, Remember the drunkard? He was uh, friends with uh, he was friends with the Gralstead, uh, Old Franklin. If it's got a mark on it, I wouldn't think it was Savage made. Well, so we don't know them. I mean, we just found out about this this particular group of people, right? So mm -hmm. maybe this is their major craft. Could be. Uh, you, you certainly could be right. I, I, I'm just going what I have been told about the nameless. Well, but the Green John and his people, they, they've seen them, right? They, they know more than we do. They've probably seen these saddles before. To assume that they would not know them, well... We were working leather far before we were working wands. As... Oftentimes, I hear them referred to in my, my novellas. I do enjoy the peruse. 
Well, and they do have, you know, these these uh, firearms, correct? So if, if they were to have these, obviously they're not as unrefined as we might think. Yes, thank you for finishing my thought. I, I do realize now that I left that out. Right. I, I take your meaning. I still would rather be exhaustive so, in our proof. So I'd say we take the saddle, the rifle, and the corpse. Well, let's make it so then. Terry, no longer. Now, now elk around these parts. Mm -hmm. Who are you asking? Uh... Just anyone, like, I guess I'd be asking Phineas, right? He's been up here the longest. Elk? Uh, I'm, I'm no animal expert. Well, if he was going to accept an elk's body as proof before, uh, if they are bringing these elk from other places into this land and they don't roam here normally... Now the rushwood is where they'd be found. Is that really, the, really the far away? Well, the rushwood, you passed the rushwood on the way here, just south, not too far. Remember, the nameless living by the rushwood. Mm. So if we were to bring back an elk's skull, then... Phineas shrugs. He looks to Osbert. Am I reckoning on the map? The, the rushwood isn't too far from the, the dick. It wouldn't seem completely out of sorts that a lost elk could be roaming these this wilderness so we would have to take the body then let us just grin and bear it brother and take this body alright I'll so argue you, no more you gather the body, you take the saddle you take the skull um, and you take this, the 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 rifle back to the north, back to old Gralstead. We're not going to actually have a full journey on this one. We're just going to do, uh, we're going to do quick travel. So uh, for quick travel, all you need to do uh, is make a um, standard, uh, excuse me, uh, a stand, it's an arrive check. Um, so you just need to make a um, standard survival or toughness test. Calvin succeeds. Nice. He can succeed. Success. Oh, Success. Nice. Well, you all arrive back to um you all arrive back to old Gralstead imperiled. But mm -hmm. you are welcome back into the great wooden palisade that surrounds this massive compound, this village, or remnants of a village, I should say. I mean, they've got their own village now at this point. Any Grahlstead or buildings have been long burnt down, save for the stable where old Franklin once lived. Um, you pass by the uh, watering hole where you've been staying, um, and you come back to the Mott and Bailey-style castle hold where um, the Green John is. Um, kind of going up this long escarpment of, of, of dirt um, that kind of winds back and forth about 90 yards until it comes on top of an artificial hill and either side is surrounded by a wooden palisade. If you're not familiar with the Mott and Bailey keep, these things are really, really fascinating. Um, 
the village sits below and everything's surrounded by these huge pickets that are that are as tall as trees. By the time you come to the Bailey at the top, which is where the which is where the Green John's gunnery is, he's there with a few other people, including the uh grim faced uh fellow with the broad with the broad black hat uh who didn't speak last time. Um as you walk into the yards and you bring these things with you, the Green John, as his eyes are widened, he says, By the gods, that's a fucking elk. And he's huge. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Good day to you. Hi, <laughs> hi. He's kind of remarking over the size of the skull that you drug back. And you brought... The corpse too. Or sorry, he's. You brought the corpse too. I see. Hey. Yes, we weren't sure whether the elk would have been proof enough. Well, should you have brought back just the corpse? Well, in the condition it's in, I don't know if that would be enough to convince the people. But hoisting up this elk skull over the end, I think will. We can hang this above. We can hang this above the tavern, as a reminder that the nameless, not only are they ones who killed old Franklin, but also to raise the morale of the people here in in Old Gralstead. Let them know the nameless can't touch them here. Let them know mm. the Greenshawn and his trusted companions, as he looks over all of you, smiling, that they'll be safe here. You've done some great work here, friends. Consider your debt repaid. Thank you. This will be enough to convince the people. Thank you for this, truly. All right. Well, glad we're going to help. And uh, keeping this rifle, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? He says um, curiously. Don't, um, well, uh, found a curious bit while we were out and about. Uh, as I'll pull out the long rifle. His eyes widen and he marvels and he says, I don't think I've seen the makes of that before. May I, may I examine it? Sure. He, ta- he takes it, kind of holding it kind of gingerly, even though it's like sturdy, and he places it up on the table and he, pull- and he unfurls this leather satchel with all these tools and begins to deconstruct the rifle and he's ooh ah oh my goodness you know he's he's remarking in amazement as he's pulling it apart and pointing at the springs and he says I don't think I've seen a rifle this make before but I suppose as he holds up the barrel kind of looking down at it almost like a telescope he's like the whole thing is rifled end to end it's no wonder the nameless could take us from take people from so so afar mm-hmm We've named name means to do so, as such, right? Not no nay rifling, anything like of the of the matter. This is a this is a marvel. This is a. Do you Indeed. wish to part? Do you wish to part with it? He says. Hmm. I don't know. I would pay ye handsomely for it. I think for now, I'll keep hold of it, but uh, well. If we ever come to desperate aids or needs, maybe. But uh, as of right now, well, I'd like to get a few shots in it with it myself. Are you sure? I'd give you six crown in trade. Uh, hmm. 
for that. Now, I think I think I'll hold on to it. But if you want to take some shots with it, I'll uh, I'll be happy to let you, you tr- take a couple shots with it. Eight crown, eight, eight crown, crown? And tr- eight crown and trade here at Old Gralstead. Hmm. For a masterpiece work. Hmm. Plus, uh, and I point out to the the DB that uh, I think that mm-hmm. I think this thing belonged to Balbany's Dauntonborn. He. You see him kind of grimace for a moment. Go ahead and make a bargain test. Let's see how much. Oh, I don't actually intend to sell this. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, I'm just. You're kind of. He he thinks you're playing hard to get at this point. He says, (laughs) "I'd give you, I'd give you twelve crown and no more. Twelve crown and trade here in old Grolstep for this rifle Uh, right here, right here and now." You know, you know, Calvin. We'll have a lot of expenses coming up. We will. Can you even use that thing? Well, I mean, you point it at the thing you want and you pull the trigger. He, uh, at this point, he kind of picks up the rifle, reassembling it. And he says, I'm going to take you up on that firing. Yeah. By the gods, this thing is long, he says. <laughs> as he kind of holds it, like, and imagine, like, a Pennsylvania long rifle. Mm-hmm. Like, right. that's the length of this thing. It's not like a... Just, just before you shoot that, let me get a distance away. I... It's going to <laughs> exacerbate my, my horrible headache. Plug your ears. Yeah. He pulls back the hammer and boom, he fires and it fires straight. And he's like, I was going to overcompensate and it struck true even at even at 15 yards. Indeed. For that, it's almost a short range. Aye. Almost anyone. 15 crown and trade. That's what I give you. <laughs> he holds it up like a, like a spear at his side, kind of putting the butt end on the ground hmm. 15, 15 crown and trade not today sir not today fair fair enough he says i made me maybe three offers well congratulations best of luck to you uh-huh we so, also we also found this saddle it was strapped to the elk as well if, as if we needed any more proof but uh you can see it makes one wonder whether the nameless have some skill amongst their members. Well, people in the north been working leathering before we were using people were using iron weapons. What do you make what do you make of the maker's mark, the design and, and such? I we, we don't we don't have a lot of expertise in this, but since you're a oh. trader, I figured perhaps you would you could give some shed some light on it. Well a trader and a quartermaster are two different occupations altogether to be clear the person you'd want to talk to well old franklin passed as he is knowing the truth of what happened his kill this is his killer saddle i would say take this to seamus he was his right hand man the fellow you met the other night a week ago almost mm. speak to him and he could tell you more he's the he's now the uh he's now the master of horse here in old Grolstead. And frankly, given that ye were the ones to solve the mystery, perhaps it is best you talk to his brother-in-law and you all have a conversation with Seamus to pull him up out of his cups. The man, Flint has, Flint has peeled him up off the floor a few times in your, since you've been away, but I'm afraid Seamus is taken back to the drink once again. Those stables need to be cleaned out. 
we need the master horse put back in. Hmm. He needs to get back to his work. He's the only one competent enough to do it here. Well, I think we might be able to do something like that. We need to do it. So, where will you all head from here? You want to go I to think. I, th uh, I mean, some of this stuff we could probably even split up duties, but I think. You know, since since the elk head is just so large, we probably deliver that to the tavern first. Yeah, I mean, we could probably, in fact, just probably skip over a lot of this. Um, mm -hmm. We can assume what you can kind of learn. Essentially, you know, obviously you'll talk with Flint. Remember, Flint's the upright, pious family man who mm -hmm. Seamus is brother-in-law. Between you talking him and coaxing Seamus off the floor, Seamus will eventually he will come back to he will agree to go back to the stables the following day. Now knowing that it wasn't his fault that uh, that his friend old Franklin got killed, the last Girlstetter and Girlstead as he calls him, um, and Seamus will be able to tell you the following day um, that um, it's clear that whoever worked this leather. Um, is that this is not just a simple saddle. Um, this would require fine work, uh, which would be found in the set, which would be found in the myriad of settlements throughout um, the North. He, he dismisses that he dismisses it saying it's not one of the nameless as the namelesses are. He dismisses them as primitives. Hmm. He says they must've stolen this. They must've stolen the rifle. They must've stolen this, the, the saddle and he will hear no other argument about it. He spits on the ground when he speaks to the nameless. In fact, remember, they killed old Franklin. So Seamus has uh, uh, he has drawback uh, racist against the nameless. If in <laughs> fact they are a race, we don't know yet. Is he uh, a grudge bearer? He, he is a <laughs> grudge bearer. Yeah, it's a more polite way to say he's a grudge bearer. So should you need to kill any nameless, call upon Seamus. Um, but yeah, Seamus will hear will hear he'll brook no other argument over it. But he, but he will return to his duties. So you've done. Does he, does he want it? Does he want the saddle? Does he want to purchase it? Uh, yeah, do that. Yeah, he give you a crown for it and trade. Okay. Okay. Is is anyone opposed to that? Okay. Nope. Yeah. So, uh, somebody, whoever's who's going to uh, keep track of the party's, the party's um, stuff. Because you're not, I mean, you could technically just call it coinage if you want, but it's really trade. Um, it's basically a crown and barter. I mean, I can keep it in my book. Sure. Okay. So Keegan's a quartermaster. Sure. Which is traditionally Calvin and Collinsworth on the road. <laughs> but Keegan is a he servant. Keegan keeps, keeps, I was going to say, Keegan keeps accounts and they just tell, uh, put it where it needs to go. That's how it Real. goes. That's right. <laughs> Keegan has good books and a cooked book. <laughs> <laughs> cooked book. <laughs> cooked book. So uh, with all of this settled, um, that kind of leaves your the, your next... The corpse. Yeah. So uh, we'll assume Obadiah will take it. Um, he will want to better understand what's happening um, and uh, he's going to let the bones bleach for weeks out he's going to let the he's going he's gonna to bleach the bones in the lake he's going to he wants the bones and see what he can 
uncover about these mysterious folk they call the nameless mm. um but this kind of leaves uh you now kind of have um don't really have something that's going to draw you one particular direction at this point we got, you've, you've you've um you kind of completed the 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 uh, circle of quests so to speak the painted horse yeah go to the happy valley and that's right <laughs> the painted in pony. another week isn't <laughs> yeah it? yeah yeah you've got you've got you've got options so um i think what we're going to do is we'll draw the game to a close here for the evening okay. um we played tonight for two and a half hours uh if we play at least half hour we round up so everybody gets 75 reward points um and then i think what we'll do to kind of close out the session like we spoke about before and to kind of do a post game let's um let's talk about what this means and i'll tell you how this is framed up so following our conversation last week um i basically approached reward points kind of in the three ways we spoke about so we kind of do our pre-game recap like we always do but now it actually gives reward points so flat 50 for everybody um the end of session, I'll award you 25 reward points for each real world hour played. If it's at least half hour, round up, treat us a full hour. And we do a post-game debrief uh, for RP. And basically what that means is once the game session formally wraps up, every player will go around the table to briefly talk about how the story impacted their character. Did your relationships change? Did you fail in a personal endeavor? Did the story lead to new understandings or challenge your belief and flaw? Um, did any content come out during the game session you want to omit from future ones? Like, let's just talk about uh, that. Let's talk about um, what happened today and how it may change, may have impacted your character. Uh, let's start with Calvin, actually, first. I think we'll start with Mike. Let's hmm. talk about Calvin. Calvin Redding. Yeah, I mean, Calvin did a lot this session. I mean, <laughs> he was digging graves, identifying dead bodies. He was <laughs> hunting for food. So, I mean, he was productive um yeah i mean in a lot of ways calvin was kind of uh carrying the party yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean you're the star screamed out to osbert's megatron is what we're... i mean <laughs> that's actually that's actually phineas but that's I, a different story <laughs> i mean i feel like <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> like calvin not only is he physically strong with a 60 brawn bonus but he's also like mentally strong thanks to a lot of his uh 60 brawn yeah I didn't know that. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! He has a sixty Damn. brawn. Um, what's your What's your profession again? My profession is hedgewise. <laughs> yeah. So he's a really buff caster, right? All yeah. right. So if he ever needs to throw down, he can. Uh, but he also has like resolve training. and I feel like he's been kind of like just yeah, he's been like this workhorse right now, just kind of just trying to plow through like these hardships because like last week he kind of came to that realization that, you know, this is going to be a lot harder than he originally intended. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of just have to buckle down and, and kind of just plow through it. Um, and so that's kind of what he was trying to do this week. And I think he, he did it pretty well. I don't, I don't think I actually, I think I maybe failed a role, but um, although otherwise, I mean, super reading brothers, you know, <laughs> we, we get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, as for like, um, I don't know, like for, I got a question for you. Sure. And this is probably a question for everyone. Um, with the amount of reward points we have at this point, uh, we're about ready to move into intermediate tier. So do you have any ideas on what profession you'd want to pick for your next one and why? 
Uh, yeah. Let so yeah. Let's no. do that individually, not okay. as a collective. Let's talk about that individually. Yeah. Because yeah. we still need to focus on what happened in the story, because this will certainly lead to the next choice. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of getting it. Yeah. So I think um, I had originally been hemming and hawing over a couple different uh, professions to move into from Hedgewise, and I think I'm going to go towards Elementalist. Uh, because they have a lot more nature-based um, mm-hmm. abilities, and I'm feeling like um, that Calvin really wants to try to heal the land, and there's spells and such that can kind of lead towards that eventually with uh, Elementalists. So yeah. um, I think that's kind of what he's going to go for for the next profession. Um because otherwise it was going to be like zappity magic with uh, what is it? Uh, astronomers. Like uh, I can't remember which one it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, be remember you got some homework um, to check out the oh yeah spells and select six. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you decide to move into elementalist, of course, choose from there too. So let's get you a good let's 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 try to replace your generalist spells with six mm-hmm. um, common magic spells from flames of freedom and then elementals choose what you feel is appropriate of course yeah, yeah i think there's a re- couple of really good spells i think that will mm-hmm. that will help out i think you get one if i'm not mistaken one petty and one lesser yeah i'll get one petty one lesser i mean That's right so cool. we'll we'll see but uh cool well i'm gonna go just across the line here so let's talk about okay let's talk about keegan what 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 how how, how did this story story happen tonight some things happened um what how did this impact keegan um, I, obviously Keegan kind of just lost it for the majority of this time. Because <laughs> um, once again, it's, it's, he's been sheltered. Like he doesn't, he doesn't know how to deal with the kind of things that he's seen as of now. Um, so I think he's kind of stuck in in neutral if you will right now trying to figure out exactly what his life is he knows that he's not exactly happy with all the choices that have been made for the group because they don't really fit his moralistic uh view of the world but at the same time he doesn't think he's a strong enough person to be able to stand up and go against it so he just goes with it um because he doesn't know better um, and he's like, well, I don't know things. Maybe they do, and that's why they're right. Do you think that Keegan will grow out of that? I think so. I don't think at this point that he has... I, I feel like part of growing is, of course, like making mistakes and everything, but also finding your strength, and I don't think he's found strength whatsoever yet. Yeah. yeah so it good. could be that he's just going to keep descending, and he could just be a follower the rest of his life. Yeah. Even yeah. though that's he kind of came out here to try to get rid of that and to try to make himself himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily working the best for him. At least my roles have not proved that out. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's interesting to, to kind of frame this up. So it's roughly been, you've been in the North at this point for roughly a month. Yeah. Um, this, this, the, these six game sessions equate, equate to about a month so far since you exited the Rushwood. Yeah. Um, so that's good. No, it's it, especially I think it'll be important, especially when you look at your next profession. Do you have any thoughts around what you may want to take? 
I'm not entirely certain. I feel like, and, and maybe this is just me, I feel like it's kind of great to hit your second profession this quick if you're like a person that likes to um, power level, if you will, like mm -hmm. that type of person. I'm not. So it's kind of hard for me to figure out exactly where he should go yet because I don't think he's been fleshed out enough. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still kind of on the fence. Um, yeah, the alternative is to remain in your profession if you choose, and you could do so. Um, you have to do it throughout your entire intermediate tier, unfortunately. Um, but uh, you can choose, if you choose to do so, you can choose an archetype trait uh, from mm -hmm. Flames of Freedom in place of your professional trade if you decide to remain in your profession but i would uh, yeah i mean i would take some time obviously in the, in the next week to think about what you want to move into because i think if i'm not mistaken you all have enough reward points to move into intermediate tier tonight right no no we have enough to finish to finish basic yeah yeah nice. not to not to go to tier two but... nice uh so let's move next to adam with collinsworth tell us about collinsworth reading so collinsworth was pretty shaken by this entire adventure like uh everything beforehand could still be kind of like taken off into like oh this is an adventure this is a um you know just like what you read about and he keeps trying to find ways to like take what he reads about and and like uh applying it to the current situation and it yeah it isn't matching up <laughs> Um, it's not like the with, stories. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, I tried to do that a little bit extra tonight, um, talking about it. Uh, the the other thing I tried to lean into is like uh, Collinsworth is starting to realize that um, he is more dependent on his younger brother than he would like, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and. You know, he's always seen it as, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm helping my younger brother. But it's, it's kind of like he needs someone to look over because he doesn't know if he could handle everything just look out, looking out for himself. Mm -hmm. um, which is like, uh, you know, always like, oh, I'll help you, I'll help you, which is further leading into the crutch for his laziness. <laughs> or he doesn't want to be the one doing it, but he will certainly help. Yeah. Do um, you think this will precipitate it? Like when you think about your next profession, like what do you think this may lead to? I'm hoping that it could be character growth for him. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the professions I'm looking at would be like, okay, um, you know, I need to, I need to step it up and possibly Badlander. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a fun one. Yeah. It may be one that he could uh, like start to come into his own. Mm -hmm. um, Super and, fitting. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to look for others, but. Uh, do you qualify for it? Just out of curiosity. That's, that's actually, um, yes, I do. Nice. Yeah. Cause if you don't, you should definitely do your skill considerations beforehand but uh, no that's cool that's good um so let's move finally to to nick talk about osbert mannering so clumsy's uh kind of obviously the biggest thing that happened to him tonight was uh his um the issue with his uh panic attack so to speak uh being being frightened uh by the uh 
I mean, he was he was obviously trying to do the right thing and you know digging up this body to return it to a state that it needed to be in. But as with all things in this adventure up to that point, went south. So um, I think that uh, you know obviously there it was a very bad situation with the trepanning and all that stuff. But given the outcome where he saw that the light did not come back on the window. It's, it seemed that was kind of his, like a signal from above or, you know, beyond saying that, you know, he, he may try to lead in the wrong way at times, but he's got good in his heart. And I I think uh, at the end of the last uh, session, he, he was, he was feeling pretty down, but I think, um, he's kind of uh, corrected towards the center and is feeling a little bit more upbeat about uh, what happened and the outcome of, of how everything went. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, maybe he's kind of leaning into the, uh, the, the leadership role. I, I think he, he feels that he made some good leadership decisions um, over, you know, over the rest of um the adventure because the outcomes were pretty good once we did return to the green john mm-hmm. yeah have you thought about um like what you think this is going to lead to from a profession profession wise so again uh osbert's or clumsy's uh, belief is destiny mm-hmm. and uh you, you know things are going pretty well for him um i think that I want to lean into that belief a little bit more. And I'm considering choosing the caravan mystic from main gauche. Hmm. Cause it kind of fits in with, uh, jester. Um, mm-hmm. they're both kind of like entertainer circus type things, so to speak. Um, yeah. so I think it'd be an interesting, uh, profession to move into. Do you think that Karen Mystic would be, would it be a grift on Osbert's part? Or do you think it's like, there's actually something there? Uh, I think there's something there. I think that uh, uh, just kind of his brushes with death over the past couple months is kind of uh, bringing into contrast that we need to be more careful up here. Um, So kind of looking into people, uh, his companions' futures could uh, give us a bit of an advantage at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Um, so uh, everybody gets another fifty reward points. So we'll um, wrap up the game session here uh, for session six of Desperation Point. Um, thank you uh, to our patrons for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your patronage. Um, like I mentioned before, uh, Flames of Freedom. Uh, Kickstarter goes live October 5th. Um, we'll remind you on Patreon. <laughs> and um, we'd love for you to help support us, whether it, either it's backing or sharing on social media. Um, be super appreciated. As always, uh, the, the Desperation Point podcast is free uh, to everybody, whether you're a patron or not on pa- Patreon. Just get a podcast.zvyander.game. Uh, you'll find it there. We're releasing exclusively on the Patreon um, for release until we decide to bring it to podcast format. So um, we will see you all next week. I'll see all of you all next week um, who are gaming here, Adam, Kay, Mike, and Nick. And uh, to our listeners, 
See you on the way. See you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Stay safe. Ain't no lie, baby. Bye. 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 Bye.